Hello, you filthy animals, and welcome to another episode of the Old Metal Bar Steward, brought to you by 25 Years Later Media and the Ruminations Radio Network. I am your host, the Old Metal Bar Steward himself, Neil Gray, and before we get into this week's show, it's time for the disclaimer. The opinions and thoughts of the Old Metal Bar Steward are mine and mine alone, and in no way reflect the opinions and thoughts of 25 Years Later Media and the Ruminations Radio Network. Now, with that out of the way, I've decided to rejig the format of tunes. I've decided to drop the weekly tells from my past in favour of just focusing on the news. There are a few reasons for this, but the main two are that, one, it takes me a long time to sit down each week and figure out what story I want to talk about. Then, I have to write it, think about what I have to say in it, and seriously, it's a lot of hard work. And add to the fact that I'm going back over times in my life I'd rather not talk about, and for my own mental health, it's going on hiatus for a while. That doesn't mean I'll never revisit my glory days in the future, but for now, I'd rather just let sleeping dogs lie. And two, I have much more fun ranting and raving about the news each week and think that it makes for a funnier show. I could be wrong, and if I am faithful listener, feel free to tell me about it over on Twitter, at Old Metal. But until then, I'm just going to carry on bitching about new metal each week. Right then, out with the old, and in with the news. ACDC frontman Brian Johnson will be releasing his memoirs this October called The Many Lives of Brian Johnson. The book promises to cover every aspect of the rock legend's life, from his childhood through his early bands, to his highly successful time as the voice of ACDC to being forced to retire due to hearing problems, to his triumphant return to the fold. I love these kind of books. If done right, then they peel back the mystique of a band or an artist and let you meet the person behind the image in a way that wouldn't be possible unless you actually knew them on a personal level. For it to work, however, the people involved need to be as honest as possible. And in Brian Johnson, you know that he'll always be more than happy to talk about everything he's been through in the most open of ways. I fully expect the lives of Brian Johnson to be one of the best stories around, and if a certain better half of mine is listening to this, it would make for a fantastic birthday present. Anthrax turns 40 this year, and that doesn't make me feel old one little bit, no siree, Bob. According to drummer Charlie Bonanti, the band is planning something big to celebrate four decades of catching us all in a mosh. While promoting his forthcoming solo record, Silver Linings, which is due out on May the 14th via Megaforce Records, he said, We're working on something big for June, maybe July, which is going to commemorate our career, and we're putting that together now. It may be like a live stream type of thing. I'm going to be honest here. This is one of those things that have me frothing at a mouse like a rabid dog when I first hear about them. I fucking love Anthrax. They were my band when Thrash started to conquer the world. Don't get me wrong. I was a fan of Slayer and Metallica and to a lesser extent Megadeth, but Anthrax were my boys. I even went so far as to have a pair of goddamn Bermuda shorts that I must have worn until they fell apart. Among the Living is still one of my favourite albums of all time and the reason behind that is that it's so unbelievably catchy for a record that's so damn heavy. I hate to use the terminology pop to ever describe metal in any way, shape or form, but the fact remains that even though Anthrax brought the thrash, they did so with a kind of sensibility that put song structure and quality hooks as much to the forefront of their songs as they did screaming guitars and pounding rhythms. So whatever the band is planning for their 40th birthday, then you can guarantee that your old metal bastard would be dumping the kids on the grandparent and slamming around his front room like a lunatic that night. Guns N' Roses released a six-track video from their Not In This Lifetime Select series on YouTube this past week. Try saying that fast three times. Recorded in Brasilia in 2016, the tracks included uh, It's So Easy, Welcome To The Jungle, Sorry, Rocket Queen, Used To Love Her and Night Train. 
And if I'm to be honest here, it's not very good. I've watched it a few times now, and while the musicianship on offer is top quality with Slash and Duff reminding me why GNR was so fucking awesome, it's all let down somewhat by Axel's voice. This is just a case of time catching up with everyone. If you're in a band and you play an instrument, then short of having your arms cut off in a freak yachting accident, you're pretty much golden until the Grim Reaper comes knocking on your door. If anything, you get better as the years roll by due to the fact that you pick up decades of knowledge along the way, but with singers, that's not usually the case. Think Vince Neil, think Mick Jagger. The voice gets ravaged through the ages, especially if you've lived hard, and sadly for Axel, it seems to have all caught up with him. I've watched a lot of these in this lifetime videos, and there are moments when he is the Axel of old, all wailing vocals and stage presence of a god, but these performances are getting less and less as the series goes on. Time waits for no man, and though I have no doubt that GNR will continue to sell out stadium after stadium when we're all allowed to get back out on the road, I won't be in among those buying tickets. Let's hope Axel never hears this show, as having an irate rock legend show up on my doorstep with the intention of killing me would not only be worrying but bizarre to say the least. Michael Monroe is having a documentary made about his life and I'm only finding out about this now why. Talking to Todd Kearns he said, it's going to be finished hopefully by 2022, it's going to be the whole story of my life pretty much, based around the 10 years I spent in New York. But it starts with the beginning of Hanoi Rocks. And it's really a documentary of my life and me. So that's in the works. But it's the kind of thing you only make once in your life. So I want to make sure it's done properly. So let me get this straight. Mike Monroe was having a movie made about his life. And it starts with the formation of Hanoi Rocks. If I drool any more at this news, I'm going to fucking drown. Hanoi Rocks were one of the bands I got into heavily when my lifelong obsession with rock and metal started and they're still my go-to whenever I need some kick-ass rock and roll to brighten up my day. Everyone has bands from their childhood that they still listen to, to this day, but it's safe to say that not everything ages well. Some records you still spin just for pure nostalgic value, just dusted down and pulled out of the collection once a year or so, just to give you a little kick. But Hanoi Rocks doesn't fall into that category for me, not by a fucking long shot. The music is timeless and is still as relevant today as it was when it was first recorded way back in the 80s. Even though it's not going to be released until next year, maybe I can't wait for this film and I'm wondering if there's any way I could possibly cryogenically freeze myself to make the time pass faster. My kid won't miss me that much, surely. Mick Jagger has been pulling zero fucking punches when it comes to anti-vaxxers and conspiracy nutjobs of late. Talking to Rolling Stone about his new single with Dave Grohl called Easy Sleazy, the Stones frontman said, It just seems to be that even people you know that are relatively sensible about a lot of things have one thing that they just don't kind of get. Of course, there's no point in speaking to people about it. They don't get it. They get what they believe in, and they believe in that. And it doesn't matter what you say, they're going to believe in it. Rational thought doesn't work. It's just saying to people, when are you getting your vaccine? Just passing the time of day. Oh, I'm not getting it. Okay, why not? Are you in the queue? Oh, no, because I don't agree with it. I started to realise that there were really quite a few people like this. It seems Sir Mick knows that there is no point in trying to get these idiots to change their mind. It's just akin to pissing into the wind. But where a vast majority of us just have to shrug our shoulders and pray these dumb fucks don't breathe, at least he can take aim at them through music, which is what Easy Sleazy does. And it does it quite spectacularly. I don't want to ruin the fun for you, so I suggest you get on over to that day YouTube when you finish with this week's show and check the song out for yourself if you haven't already. And if you happen to be one of these many, many morons who believe in any of this conspiracy shit, 
the door's over there, don't let it hit your ass on the way out. In more sobering news, Exodus drummer Tom Hunting has been diagnosed with cancer and has started his first round of chemotherapy to combat this disease. He released a statement that read, today I'll be starting treatment for a squamulus cell carcinoma. I hope I got that correct. It's a gastric tumor that was diagnosed in my upper stomach in February. I'm making this public to raise awareness for people to pay attention to symptoms of stomach and esphereological issues. If they persist, please go get it checked out. I'm not gonna be sheepish about it, I feel that if I can help someone with what I've learned, or someone out there has information to share with me, it's a win-win. When you can name the enemy, it's empowering, and you're one step closer to killing it. Okay, you've heard the bad news. The good news is, I feel great physically. I'm going to beat this like a fucking snare drum that owes me money. I've had great doctors and a great support system that is an army in itself. I'm ready for the fight. There's not really a lot I can say about this, other than get well soon, brother. I fully believe that you will, as you said, beat this fucking thing like a snare drum that owes you money. The subject of cancer culture has reared its ugly head again, this time from Cannibal Corpse drummer Paul Mazachowicz. I am terrible with pronunciation, so again, apologies if that's wrong. Talking to Wall of Sand, he said, it's ridiculous, just like the censorship. That's always been ridiculous to us. I mean, come on, we're a band. We're a fictional horror band. Look at our album covers, they're not real, they're artwork. And it's pretty crazy fantasy art for the most part. And then this cancer culture thing, I just heard about that not long ago, and I'm like, what's going on here? Everybody seems to be offended by everything. If it's not 100% PC these days, then people have a problem with stuff. And it's getting out of hand, I think, so yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Now, I've always been very vocal about how I consider cancer culture a complete waste of time, so I fully back him on this. Anyone with half a brain knows right from wrong. The law is simple. Don't be a fucking douchebag. And if you need a bunch of keyboard warriors to tell you this, then you're a lost fucking cause, my friend. What I can't stand about this whole deal is that a bunch of people have decided that the anonymity offered to them from sitting behind a computer screen means that they can just decide if they're offended by something, and if they are, then you better damn well be offended by it too. It's fucking ridiculous. It's not like they actually go after legitimate targets either but instead use their imagined power to just slander anyone they don't like, which doesn't make them heroes, it just makes them bullies. So fuck cancer culture, just don't be a dick, and you'll get on all right in life. Talking of not being a dick, Ted Nugent is back in the news again this week. Now anyone who listened to the show last week will know that I fucking hate Ted Nugent with a passion, and think that he's not only insane, but dangerous to boot, due to the fact that he has a legions of fans as... Talking of not being a dick... Ted Nugent is back in the news again this week. Now, anyone who listened to the show last week will know that I fucking hate Ted Nugent with a passion and think that he's not only insane, but he's dangerous to boot due to the fact that he has legions of fans as insane as he is, hanging on to every piece of right-wing bile that falls out of his mouth. Well, you'd be glad to know he's still as batshit crazy as ever and is now blaming Black Lives Matter supporters and Antifa members for the invasion of Washington under the command of their puppet master, his fucking words, not mine, Joe Biden. While making an appearance at a C2 table store, which I had to look up and discover to my joy that the biggest personal appearance that this dumb fuck can get is at a fucking supermarket, Crazy Ted was talking about the president and said, he's a Marxist. He's a mindless, brain-dead puppet of the worst humans that have ever slithered into the capital. And January the 6th were not Trump supporters. That was BLM and Antifa wearing Trump shirts. 
I mean, what the actual fuck? Steal a line from Jane's addiction, Ted just admitted, you're a fucking racist douchebag who would rather throw the entire world under a bus if you thought it would save your personal friend Donald fucking Trump. As long as it would allow you to carry on preaching hate while you wave the Confederate flag, then maybe you should admit that sitting president shouldn't have tried to stage a fucking coup. You don't get it, do you? Your boy incited an entire group of psychopaths to attack your capital, yours. You know, the capital of America. The fucking country you bang on about being so fucking proud of and wanted to protect. It wasn't Black Lives Matter protesters. It wasn't Antifa members. It was stupid, dumb fuck rednecks. The vast majority of your audience, probably. I'd like to think this was all a stunt and that Ted is just saying all this unsubstantial shite to sell records to the people who buy Ted Nugent records. You know, racist, gun-toting morons who would rather shoot a person based on the colour of their skin than actually take the time to get to know them. But I fear that he believes every single thing he says and that worries me. Now, I don't think that Ted Nugent is powerful enough or has even close to a big enough fan base to ever really be a threat to anything larger than deer. But there are enough people in the United States that feel the same way as Ted does. And if they ever decide to band together, well, then there could be a problem. Fortunately, for this to happen, they'd have to organize. And as most of them can't read or use a computer or are too, too busy fucking their sister, we should all be safe at least for now. And while I'm on the subject of utter fucking morons, former Scorpions and current Kingdom Come drummer James Kotak took to Twitter this past week to call Joe Biden the dumbest of the dumb and to deny that climate change is an actual thing. In response to the president trying to tackle the problem of climate change head on, he tweeted, Biden, the dumbest of the dumb. Climate change is not, it's not exist. I swear, it's not exist. So don't get worked up. I don't care who you are. Whatever you are, if you voted for Biden, you made a huge mistake, so look what you get. Now, I've got to admit, I was surprised to discover that this guy was a scientist, as we thought that all that time playing in bands wouldn't have given him space to study for the degrees that are required to be able to look at the scientific evidence on offer and make such a well-thought-out argument. What? He's not? Oh, well. In that case, then he needs to shut the fuck up and let the adults deal with the situation that's going to kill this planet faster than ripping off Led Zeppelin kill Kingdom Come's career. Iron Maiden have joined the list of every band in the universe having to cancel their tour due to the disease that keeps on giving. The Legacy of the Beast tour has now been pushed back to 2022 with the band's manager, the legendary Mr. Rob Smallwood, saying, Naturally, the band are hugely disappointed. A second summer without touring, especially with this very special legacy show, is very hard to take. They send the best wishes to you all, knowing full well you fans will feel the same. As we all know, realistically, there is no alternative, so we will all make the best of it and spend the time preparing for the very memorable and even more spectacular legacy tour next year, we promise. Until then, keep smart, keep safe. Rage Against the Machine have also been forced to reschedule their must-anticipated reunion tour as well. Titled the Public Service Announcement Tour, it, like so many others, was scheduled to kick off this year, but in a short statement put out by the band, we're going to have to wait another 12 months to see this legendary group of musicians back on stage together. The statement reads, The Rage Against the Machine Tour will now start in spring of 2022. The tickets will be honoured for the postponed shows. Refunds are available at the original point of purchases, of purchase, sorry, not purchases, for 30 days if you are unable to make it to the new date. We will see you next year, Brad, Tom, Tim and Zach. 
Now on the plus side, if you've already bought your tickets, then you won't need to fork out for a new set to go see the show. And if you can't make it, at least you can get your cash back. On the downside, if you thought 2020 sucked donkey balls, then it seems 2021 is stepping up to keep the nuts slurping going. I swear if 2022 isn't a massive fucking improvement, and I'm on the first patting UFO out of it. In other, for fuck's sake, won't COVID just piss off already news, Rob Halford has once again stepped to the plate to remind all metalheads that if we want to get back to what passes as normal on this planet, then they need to get the jab. He posted a video on Instagram in which he said, this is your metal god, Rob Halford of Judas Priest, sending you a massive shout out of thanks to our metal community for doing the right thing by getting the life-saving vaccine that will eventually eradicate COVID-19 around the world. One thing we're proud about in metal is that we not only stand together united for our music, but also for each other. Common sense states that by having the jab, we're opening up one of the most important areas that we have so desperately missed, which is being side by side, horns up at clubs, theatres, arenas and festivals, where who we are and what we live for is tangible and real with the bands we love. So let's get those amazing vibes and feelings back faster. I urge those of us that have not yet been vaccinated to please step up. I've been very vocal in my belief that as a community we need to do everything we can to make this nightmare end. And I've been full of praise for every rock and metal god who has come out in support of getting the vaccine. But as I have said before, not everyone wants to listen to your old metal bar steward. So if you don't want to take my advice on this subject, then listen to Rob Halford. Go get the jab, feel crappy for a few days if you have to, but know that your simple action has helped bring us one step closer to being back in the mosh pit side by side once again. Baby Metal are celebrating their 10th anniversary this year, and it seems they have quite the party plan. As things currently stand, they have seven special events already announced and three that, according to their official website, only the Fox God currently knows about. The first of these celebrations is set for the 26th of June and will be a worldwide stream of the 10 shows that they played at the Budokan and will feature footage from each performance. If you want in on this event, you can head on over to their site and book yourself a ticket, but I warn you it won't be cheap. Just an entry-level ticket will set you back 33 of your English pounds and 45 of your Yankee dollars. And if you want to spring for the deluxe stream ticket with merch, that's going to cost you a whopping 58 green queens and 80 buckaroos. And that's before shipping costs, which are liable to be fucking extortionate. Don't get me wrong, I like baby metal as much as your next Japanese-obsessed rock and roller, but over 30 quid for a show that isn't even live? I think I'll give this first one a miss. David Coverdale is, allegedly, working on a couple of Christmas songs. I say allegedly, as the original story was that he was working on an entire album of Xmas tunes, but he's since taken to Twitter to deny this and confirm, at least as confirmed as the tweet can be, that he's got a couple of ideas brewing, and if he can figure out how to record with his guys remotely, then he thinks it's worth a try. This has got to be a belated April Fool's prank, right? So I can't think of anything worse than Whitesnake releasing a heavy version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Seriously, just saying that sentence has given me hype. Netflix is working on a Joey Ramone biopic called I Slept With Joey Ramone. Now, for me, there's some good and bad in this. The good is that it's going ahead with the help and the support of the Joey Ramone estate, which means it will be an official telling of the life story of one of the most unique individuals to ever stand at the front of a stage. The bad, at least as it stands, is that Pete Davidson is set to play it. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I can't stand that bloke. I think it's about as funny as a dose of leprosy and has all the acting chops of that Tommy Wiseau geezer that did that horrible movie, The Ring. 
So the idea that he's going to be able to pull off a role that will need at least some understanding of holding an audience's attention is one step too far in my eyes. I love the Ramones, and I know I'm not the only one, so you can bet that if Davidson does end up playing the lead in this film, that you better get back to acting classes, because one fuck-up is going to be all we need to send him back to SNL. And finally, it seems as if Lita Strauss wouldn't be averse to stepping inside a WWE ring. While she was on the unscripted podcast, she said, if I was ever to get in the ring, hopefully someday and do a couple of spots, I'd like to have an interesting match. I don't know if I can ever be as accomplished as the real Lucha Libre guys, but get some high spots in, yeah, sure. Get some interesting movesets in, that's what I want to do. And when she was asked if she'd like to team up with her favourite Becky Lynch, she replied, exactly, Becky, come on, I'm ready, let's go. I just got done working out at the gym, let's do it. Now, I love wrestling. In fact, you can hear my weekly thoughts on all things uh, grappling in a brand new podcast in this cheap plug on the Ruminations Radio Network coming soon called the Weekly Wrestling Ruminations. And I also love Nita Strauss. So the idea of seeing her jump in the squared circle alongside the man Becky Lynch is something I didn't realise I wanted so badly until I heard it was a possibility. It's a slim possibility to be sure because I have no doubt that when the pandemic finally fucks off, Alice Cooper will be back out on the road. But if anyone can make it happen, it's the WWE. And as it was undoubtedly Triple H's idea to have her perform the national anthem at TakeOver Stand and Deliver, then if anyone could push all the pieces into position, it's the game. Make it happen, Trips. The world of metal and wrestling are counting on you. So there it is. Another week, another episode of the Old Metal Bar Steward. I've been your host, the Old Metal Bar Steward himself, Neil Gray. And as always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the show. Brought to you by 25 Years Later Media and the Ruminations Radio Network. And you all know the drill by now. When you turn off my dulcet tones, head on over to the main 25 Years Later site, as well as its sister sites, Horror Obsessive and Sports Obsessive, and get your eyeballs some top-notch reading. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network, as they've got you covered no matter what your ear holes are craving. I'll be back here in seven days' time with more news, reviews, and opinions. And if you want to follow me on that there Twitter, you can. I'm at Old Metal. So until I speak to you next, stay safe and stay metal, you filthy animals. <laughs>